Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of the Guide Nurse Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to be bringing you an episode that I recorded with the phenomenal Nicholas Clifton. He's an Australian singer, songwriter, author and hip-hop artist who's followed his creative passions all the way from Darwin to Newtown in Sydney. You can find his music on all major streaming platforms, um, but I really find his music very inspiring um, and also very motivating. He is a highly motivated person who has an incredible, authentic ability to speak to the experiences of many different people through his storytelling and his truth sharing. So... I really love this conversation. It was so casual, free-flowing and relaxing. I laughed so much, um, but I truly believe that the integrations that we discussed and that we created in this space will be so useful for anybody listening today. So if you are feeling a little directionless or a little unmotivated on your own passion projects or dreams, this episode, I believe, has the power to motivate you into inspired action that flows forth from you into every aspect of everything that you care about. So yeah, please enjoy. Let's get straight stuck into it. Welcome to the Guide Nest Podcast, where we explore the joyous experiences and stories that exist and thrive in our world, but that we might not necessarily hear about every day. Through the container of deeply connective conversations, story sharing and truth telling, we explore the magic of our collective experiences. To celebrate our triumphs, learn from our trials and challenges, and to share an alternative for the future that we want to create together. Every episode is a small window into the lives of the people I get to connect with. I'm your host and guide, Ness, and it is an honor to be able to create and share this space with you in 2023. My intention is to open up spaces of deep heartfulness, presence and connection with ourselves, each other and our world. To empower you with the tools and the courage that you need to be able to share your stories and truths fearlessly. So if you're a mover and a shaker, an inspired motivator, a presence and purpose cultivator or an experience driven creative, this podcast is for you. So let's take a deep breath. Let's commit to our present moment and receive the integrations that empower us to embody our fullest, more content selves. Let's start by grounding in. Okay. I, li- I always like to bring people into center so we can speak from the center of us. Mm. So you just close your eyes and be aware of space. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the space inside you or the space around you, the noises that are happening around us, big ass wind that's rustling your house. Yeah. Take a big deep breath in. And set an intention to tell stories and truths from inside yourself that help propel our journeys forward. I say thank you to you for being here and for inviting me into your space. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, it really only takes like one second. That, that was so nice. Yeah. I've been doing a bit of meditating in the morning myself too. So. Oh, cool. How are you finding it? Um, yeah, I, I think keeping it consistent is the main thing. I think mm. it was four or five days where I would get up and I would do a 10-minute 
like a YouTube meditation. Yeah. I found a really good one, which was affirmations on Spotify, True. and then I couldn't find it again, and I was really mad. Do you know who did it? No. Ugh. I looked at the same page, but what they do is they cycle. the So they get rid of them and they put someone else in there. So mm. he's not there anymore. That makes sense. But it was this very, like, I wake with good intentions. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, this, this is, is helpful as shit. Like, Holy shit. You're just absorbing all of your information. And then I couldn't find it. And all these other ones are actually, a lot of them are advertising, like, you can find more meditations at my program. Of, and it's just like, no. <laughs> I just want a clip. I just want good intentions. Please. <laughs> no, I got that. That's no, good. Oh, I could talk for hours about affirmations, but we're not here to talk about that just yet, <laughs> just yet. Um, I want to start by saying welcome to another episode of the Guide Nest podcast. I'm joined by the incredible Clifton. Mm. Um, we met on a train. <laughs> that was a very interesting situation. It actually yeah. really was. Uh, I think we'd collectively been on the trains for about maybe four hours, mm. maybe five. Um, I was coming from the Central Coast. You were just trying to get home from work. Yeah. My phone had died. I think your phone was dying. Yeah, and we just thing. had no choice but to like connect. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was, I was I was recounting this to Jason before my housemate, and um, I, I remember just being so confused because we were on this train for about 30, 40 minutes waiting for it to go because the train line had flooded, and they were trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, and the train across from us on platform what twenty one, I think, which was uh, I think it's a Bankstown train normally. Mm. That one was cancelled, but they hadn't announced anything. So there was like 100 people sitting on this train and I'm watching them and I'm just like, okay. And I went out <laughs> and it got to a point where I was like, I have to tell someone about this. About five minutes before our train was supposed to leave, I lean out and I, I, I lost it because I was waiting for him to do something. I lost it at one of the train workers there. I have to, to apologise if you're watching this. Um, and I was like, oh, you've got to tell them that you're cancelling the train. Have you told them? And, and there were two of them that were looking at each other like, uh. About two seconds later, we have cancelled the train on platform 21. Oh, it's like, yeah. I feel I feel like I did my service for the day and there were a bunch of people around that were just like... Thank oh, you. Like, Thank you, Clifton. No worries. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. But I would have yeah. been mad if I seen... If, you know, because our train was changed to accommodate the stops for that train or something similar. And I was like, that would have just pissed me off. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got to yell at people sometimes. <laughs> that was such an immense journey, it was, honestly. Yeah. I'm really glad, though, that it unfolded the way it did. Because I feel like I met so many people on that trip itself that I was just vibing with. Yeah, well, there was that lady. Um, I think she got off at my station. She got off at in, um, Riverwood. Yeah. Because that was when I was living in Punchbowl. Yeah. And then you Shout out to you if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, it was a good, good little adventure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how much experience do you have with city trains? Because you're not from Sydney. Um, look, I, so I was living in, uh, in Maryland. Oh, I, I came down to spend time with some mates of mine in Maryland back in April of last year. So I performed in the city and I stayed with my engineer and, um, I had a bit of a heart attack when I saw the double-decker trains for the first time because yeah. it's not like Melbourne doesn't have them, Darwin doesn't have trains at all and I was just like why are they two-story? I thought it was like a, an event train or something yeah. similar and I was just... <laughs> the fuck? Mm, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of there's a lot of conveniences that Sydney has that I guess if you've lived here your whole life you don't really take you take for granted after mm. a bit. Like for example that chair the gaming chair that i ordered came in like three days yeah my computer gear came overnight like you can just fast track it someone leaves it at your door from amazon or something similar and in darwin 
you order something and it, it, it says it's going to be there in 10 days, it's usually there in three weeks. Mm. And then even then, sometimes you get it and there's something wrong with it because it's had to travel such a far way and it's just like, oh, For fuck's it's, sake. It's rough, yeah. <laughs> I got that. Mm. So from Darwin all the way to Sydney. Yeah. That's a, that's a big trip. It is, yeah. Yeah. I came down here and I sort of, I sort of made the decision very early on. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to name drop or anything, but there was, a, there was an artist that came up from Sydney to Darwin to perform at one point, and I was, it was someone that I, I, I look up to, and we, and we, we're good, good friends. Like I still talk to him, and I was showing him some of my music. This is back in 2019, and he was saying it's not a matter of the talent that you have; it's a matter of people seeing it. Mm. And I realised that being a guy from the Northern Territory, especially not being from the Northern Territory, like I'm from Melbourne originally, so mm. I don't have a born and bred Northern Territory slogan that I can sort of use. Um, yeah, I, I, I came down here after spending a few years. Once again, we'll wait for this plate to pass. Yeah, of course. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> we love the inner west. <laughs> it's right over a house too. Like, you can see it just... Yeah, so I, I spent some time down here and I had a few of my friends, including my engineer from Adelaide that had moved to Sydney back in 2019. And it took me like two and a half years and a relationship falling apart, that sort of thing, before I went, I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to do it. Mm. Even my work, like December 2021, I was like, I'm, I'm going to move to Sydney. And they're like, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, of course. What are you going to do when you're down there? You don't have work. You don't have, rah, rah, rah. You don't have all these things. What are you going to do? Trying to put doubt in my head. And I was like, yeah. I moved to Brisbane when I was 18. I spent eight months there with like four dollars in my bank account. Like yeah. I can make it work if I need to. Yeah. And so here I am. You know. Oh fuck yeah! So. I really appreciate that attitude mm. as well. Because I think sometimes uh, I've spoken about this so many times, but we come up with so many limitations and so many blocks in our head mm. to the things that we really, really want and the things that we want to achieve. Yeah. That sometimes it feels like you won't get there ever if you keep doing that. Yeah. I um. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for it's better to take the leap than to be afraid of what the leap's going to do. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's a, it's a whole thing of... It's why a lot of people don't do skydiving, for example. That's a really, really prime example. Because they have this one in a million situation where someone's parachute didn't work and they hit the floor. Yeah. They're like, well, there's a tiny possibility that you're going to do that. They're the same people that drive cars every day. Same yeah. people that buy lottery tickets. It's like, the odds don't... That's not how it works. Yeah. Um... But yeah, a lot of people are really, really anxious to make really big changes in their life. And they'll always give, there's only a few reasons why you would need to stay in one place at one time for any reasons. So if you have assets in that place, and even then, if you have a house or something, you kind of organize around it. Mm. Or if you have a family and you have a growing, you know, children that are going to school and that sort of thing, because mm. that's a different story. But if you're a, if you're a, even in a relationship or you're, you're a single ambitious person and you're staying in the same place for your entire life, that ambition's eventually just going to, yeah. Go. You can't yeah. do anything about it. So. Yeah. Do yeah. you feel like travel? Why do you feel like travel is such an integral part of understanding that aspect of yourself, that ambition, and cultivating that ambition? If you don't, if you don't embrace different communities of people, your mental is that all of these people are the same. It's mm -hmm. like yeah, Melbourne and Sydney people are different, but they're still Australians, right? And then you actually spend time interstate from somewhere like Darwin. And you realise that there are very valid differences. Like, I was speaking to someone about this previously. In, in America, different states in America have you have the tangy southern accent. You have like all of these different sort of changes of the same accent. 
Australia has exactly the same. You just mm. don't see it. It's not as clear. Yeah. For someone overseas, like for us, the American thing looks a lot more obvious, right? Mm. Um, but for someone coming from America to Australia, it's like people from Darwin compared to people out in the middle of nowhere or people in Melbourne or Sydney, they all talk a bit different. And mm. it's like, no, we're all, we're all still Australian. And you realise that there's this different level of etiquette where you go. And there's different lifestyles that you... It's only to your benefit to absorb into your own and make your own perspective of things. And mm. you can't do that staying in the same place. Mm. You know, like I spent time in Brisbane. I grew up in Melbourne. Spent, I'm living in Sydney and I've lived in Darwin. And they're four very different places. Mm. Like Melbourne and Sydney seem similar, but there's a lot of differences. Sydney, Brisbane, a lot of differences. And yeah. then Darwin's just like, yeah, hey, you going? Hey. You know, <laughs> like it's just, you need to take on all of it. Yeah. And, um, become a more conscious version of yourself you know mm. it's good no i love that i love that that's so powerful mm. i absolutely feel like you do need to very much collect different parts of code from different communities in order to really be well-rounded yeah of yeah course. yeah that's so cool and I, I appreciate as well how much of a transient experience that you've had up until now as well like that's a lot of places to have lived yeah um yeah, I, I think when you're when you're younger, you don't see the differences as much. Like mm. going from Melbourne to Darwin, it's just like just another place, mm. uh, different climate, but that's sort of about it. Mm. And when you go from once you get to about 18, 20, 21, and then you decide to move from Darwin to, or let's say from Perth to Sydney, or from Melbourne to Tassie, or you make a change, you start seeing the differences a little bit more. Mm. Um, but yeah, Sydney's Sydney's just wonderful. Like I can't. I've given, I've given myself at least five years in Sydney. Like yeah. I want to commit to Sydney. I would buy property in Sydney. I would, I don't know if I'd raise kids in Sydney if that's ever a thing, because Sydney can be so terrifying. Yeah. Um, I mean, kids in any situation right now is kind of terrifying yeah. considering the state of the world. Well, with, you know, teachers having to do, having to accommodate working and schooling from home mm. and all of the parents needing to be more like responsible. Yeah. Like I've spoken to a few teachers um, in Sydney. One of them was based up in Penrith. Um, during the lockdown and you're seeing the kids performance plummet because mm. you can't yeah it's crazy it's it is it's so interesting because i think we also assign a lot of responsibility at the feet of teachers yeah. to basically take up a lot of child mm. rearing like i'll handle the kids for when they sleep and then i'll drop them off at you mm. to like deal with temper tantrums and like yeah. things that we can't really sort as a family and i think mm. it's quite interesting to see how it's evolving in yeah. that way I'll, I'll, I can probably imagine that homeschooling is going to become a more popular thing over the next couple of years mm. maybe next decade or two like when you think of homeschooling at the moment you think of you know like hillbillies that can't afford public school well, you don't and that's not to say there are I know some amazing people that have been homeschooled <laughs> right? so that's not taking Adagress, away Adagress. yeah it's like, it's like that's not taking away I'm going to backpedal a little bit I'm yeah. not taking away from any of them but a lot of the really common misconceptions about homeschooling is just like, oh, why don't you just don't have time? It's like, I have mm. enough time to sit down and teach my kids morals, teach my kids all these sorts of things. I was watching a podcast from over in the States and when you look at the difference between kids that come from a public school background and a private school background, private school, you can dictate the sort of community, sort of environment that you're around. You do have a little bit more of an ego there, but it is also a, a, firm, a firm holding confidence, you know mm. what I mean? Because you're being taught in a controlled environment. Public school is just a war zone. Like yeah. you don't, you yeah. can't do anything. You'll have fights every every second lunchtime. In the States, it's ridiculous. I've heard stories of how public school is in the States. It's, it's a, it sounds yeah. just 
just crazy. Yeah. Um, well, schooling is so interesting. Yeah. As well, because I feel like in general, I think the the model that we're currently working mm. with doesn't work. Hundred percent. Um, and we're seeing that kind of all over the world, but particularly in Australia, like our literacy and numeracy levels are like very far behind mm. a lot of other developed nations, yeah. developed nations. Developed nations yeah. But I think there's also like an aspect of colonialism that's active in that as well. But there's also um, a removal from the idea that education should be linked to a set of values or principles. Yeah, or I mean, and it's... So I, I have a bit of a strange take on education because I didn't, I didn't finish year 12. Like mm -hmm. I finished year 10, I went to finish year 11, I missed two exams and they told me I had to redo them in year 12 and I went and stuffed that. I'm going to move to Brisbane and, <laughs> and get high with my friends. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I, was literally, I, just, I turned 18 like three days later. I just went, yeah, sweet, spontaneously moved. Yeah. Was, that was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I think, so, so transition or prep, depending on where you are, to about year six, mm. I think that's pretty essential. Mm. You're learning all of the multiplication, you're learning, you're, you're interacting with people, you're developing social skills, yeah. Year six to year nine, I, I could also argue is pretty essential because you're learning all of the more complex parts of it. You can start choosing electives, drama, music, you're integrating and figuring out what you want to do. Once you get to year 10, year 10 to year 12 is, is just a, it's, it's a rabbit race, you know what I mean? Mm. People that are going to university and college, they end up getting their ATAR and they go off to university and college. But there's always been this stigma of, we need you to finish year 12 in order to accomplish anything. Mm. And it's like, I w I'll be honest, there have been times where I have the credits for Northern Territory to just do an English and a maths course and then I can finish my year 12 technically. Mm. But the times that I did go to university and I'm sitting in the classroom at 21, 22, doing electrotechnology or trying to do a media course or something like that, I just, it's, everyone learns differently, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I would like to think that people that have gone to university and have done things consciously would then also take the time to go out and do life experiences that mm. people that haven't followed that route go and do. Like I, I have a, a, a really beautiful um, friend of mine who uh, she's a teacher out in Girawin in the Northern Territory, which is just outside the city. Oh, well, a fair drive out of the city. And, um, you know, she's traveled overseas to Egypt and, and to Europe, and she's done a lot of world experiences after finish, finishing university, becoming a teacher, coming back. Mm. You need to have that balance. Um, but yeah, I, I think the structure is changing, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that get to year 10 and they can get endorsements from their parents to go and become an entrepreneur and, and try something different, mm. especially with the rise of things like cryptocurrencies and NFTs and that sort of thing. Like it's, it's, it's a very different world right now, especially working from home and yeah, it's, it's the next 10 years is going to be such a backflip into what we've been used to the last like couple of decades. And mm. I'm really excited to see where everything goes, yeah. like what becomes of it, the people that, yeah, get generated from that. It's going to yeah. be phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. I actually love that. I've, I'm very excited as well myself because I, I think we can all sense that things are changing and they are somewhat, sometimes it can feel for the worse, but I think sometimes things need to get a bit shit before they can get better again. COVID. Mm. Yeah. And also, you know, just more broadly geopolitics in yeah. the world, you know, as well. So I think understanding that certifications, whilst they're important, they're mm. not the be all and end all of the world. Like, yeah. you, like, I feel like, especially in the world at the moment, if you don't have them, there's a shift away from the understanding that if you don't, that you're 
not valuable yeah. or worthy in some sort of way. Yeah. And I think the rise of entrepreneurism is very important in that because it shows that people can still accomplish things despite the fact that maybe they have a year 10 level of education. Yeah. Like, so the fuck what? Um, I think understanding that school and university doesn't necessarily equal cult- success yeah. yeah or cultivate the different skills that might be useful in so many different areas mm. that we need as well as human 100%. beings so i think it's so cool i'm really excited i think it's really interesting um what you mentioned about your personal experience of i guess leaving early like mm. i guess that that disenfranchisement that's happening a lot at the moment in the hearts and minds of young people is something that i personally try and alleviate a little bit of in my own work and I think more broadly speaking the attempts to deal with things like mental health or um, resources for young people they're kind of shit if Mm. I'm honest like Beyond Blue I'm sure like all these places I shouldn't drop names but the the intentions are there but the actions are you know the the money is directed to paying CEOs and like random shit and yeah. It's yeah. That, that's that's a whole that's a whole kettle of fish in itself. Yeah. I, I think so. I've uh, are you okay day was a big thing for me, mm. um, and I I went I sort of got on my stories and I've, I've only got a few thousand people on my socials, but I I am not happy with are you okay day. I, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the direction for mental health, especially in workplace settings and in school, are not schools can be actually quite lucrative, but once you get to like working in a corporate job or something like that they have these resources available and then you go to access these resources and then they have like four week waits mm. it's like I've I'll, I'll be honest I, I got to a few different points where I rang Lifeline and I spoke to Lifeline and I feel, I feel like Lifeline definitely needs more resources because they do amazing work mm. um, and they're very good at pointing people in directions and they've got to show you that empathy and that sort of thing mm. but having regular therapy psychology um, even counselling the resources are just not there. Mm. I feel like a lot of the time, I feel like a lot of the times that I've been into counselling, like the Beyond Blues and, and the more government subsidised ones, they haven't really attempted to dig for the. They don't. They're not supposed to dig, but attempted to reveal the actual inner workings of, of why I was there. Mm. I had a counsellor at one point when I was about sixteen tell me that they didn't know why I was in the counselling in the first place. Like you seem like a really, really <laughs> smart intelligent. And it's just I'm, I'm sitting here going like, in the, in the peak of my youth, like living living on my own, like at sixteen, just going like I am mentally unstable. Ugh, mm. I need assistance. Please help me. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I think and and I think it was also. But then you have to think of how many, how many resources are being dedicated to people that can't actually take on the resources, you know what I mean? Mm. There's also the other side of it, which is how many people are going to counselling, psychology and therapy just to have someone to talk to because they're socially anxious. Like, yeah. where do you draw the, yeah. probably a small percentage, but it's, yeah. I, uh, the resources are definitely more readily available than they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. I feel like the mentality, especially... Being, being a man in the mental health world is that you can be vulnerable, you can talk about your feelings, whereas, you know, my old man was very like, just shut the fuck up, get to work, you know yeah, what I mean? Because that's yeah. how he's lived with his life and a lot of people definitely lived in that in that realm for a while. Um, but yeah, this definitely needs to be a bit of a bit of an overhaul. And the frustrating thing is when you, you turn on ABC and you see, oh, they just put uh, $60 billion towards building submarines or, mm. or doing this, that and the other, it's like, this one thing that your government is putting money towards 
can be used to revolutionise this other sector mm. and they're only doing that to short, sort of do a bit of a dick measuring contest yeah. and yeah, I, I, I just, it, just, it just confuses me. It's just like, I don't understand. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's a whole kettle of fish in itself. Yeah. I, need, I need to like rein it in, otherwise I'm just going to rant for ages. No, no, um, I love it. I yeah. love it. I really, really do love it. I think it's so, it's such an important conversation to have. Mm. Um, and I think we're only really beginning to have the conversation about accountability as well. Hmm. Well, like, imagine even like an artist or an entrepreneur or something like that in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s with the mental health resources that were available to, to everyone else, hmm. you know? Once you get to, once you get to like 18, 21, 25, as a, as a man, I'll, at least from my experience in Australia, you're, it, it's been a suck it up attitude for a while. Mm -hmm. Truth be told, I'm actually writing a book that's called Suck It Up, which is based around experiences Damn. with men's mental health and that sort of stuff, which is something that I've never mentioned anywhere. Um, but yay. Yeah, exclusives. That's so um, cool. But it, it, might, it will take me probably a year or two and a lot of conversations before I can really get to a point where I'd be confident to send it off to publishing or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, in, in doing research for this particular project, you just see so many, like, I'll actively go out to, when I was out in Newcastle, went to a, a cafe and I was actively going out and asking people, like, do you think the resources are adequate? Everyone has, like, mild or negative response. There's no, yes, we have enough resources. It's like, no. Um, especially blokes. It's like, I, I don't know, blokes have not been allowed to be sensitive for such a long period of time. And I feel like that's why you have so many really great artists like male artists in this generation, you have amazing female artists too, but these guys that they become vulnerable for you through the music. Mm. They don't go to therapy or so, or probably a combination of both, but they, their emotions come through their lyrics mm. or through the music they make rather than them vocalizing it with a conversation. And, mm. and that's, I think, why music's so important to me and, and so many other people for the same reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's really powerful too because even though they're not necessarily having that conversation with someone in particular, mm. at least it sparks a conversation, whether that's with themselves or whether that's with their listeners or yeah, something as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's entirely powerful too. Mm, definitely. Yeah. How long have you been making music for? For a while. I mean, I, my, my parents were really big into pushing me into a musical avenue from when I was a kid. Mm. The first instrument I tried was violin. It was it was bad. It was really, really bad. Um, and, I, and the teacher that I had was very again, again, and it's just like I I it was this Euro European teacher who was very like suck it up, you know what I mean? It was that was his attitude. It's just like we'll try again, 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 again. I was like I, I don't like this. Like I, I don't. You're not giving me any encouragement. I can't I can't absorb any of your information. Um, I tried piano for a little bit. I'm just not really ambidextrous. Yeah. I'm trying to learn guitar at the moment, mm. which is going to be a thing. Um, I got to about 11 or 12 while I was up in Darwin. I started, uh, the first part of songwriting that I did was actually, it was a song about suicide. Oh. But it was from the perspective of, we need to do something about it, because mm. I kept seeing stuff on the news. And my mum's picked it up and gone, why the fuck are you writing this? Like, I'm going, because it's something that, pe and I was I was like 12. Yeah. Like, I was, fucking mad I was on it. I was like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I was in I was in choirs and stuff it, leading up until um, probably at 13, 14 where obviously your balls drop, your tone goes down a little bit and I started getting involved. I was at a Blissinezzo concert and they were performing on stage and I feel like 
It might have been something leading up to that, but from that point in time, I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm. And then I started performing at school. Um, came se- I was second place in my talent contest in year nine when I was like 15. I was like, well, mm. look, I'm, I'm good at what I do. And I started releasing like raw, unmastered things on, on SoundCloud as everyone did back then. Yeah. Um, took, a, took a little bit of a break. I, I was still sort of active with it. I, I cleared my socials. I changed my name once or twice. Um, and I, I ended up with my last name as the, as the moniker I go by. Um, and yeah, I got to about 2021 20, and I started putting things on Spotify. And even at that point in time, I was, I was on Lexpro antidepressants trying to solve some other shit. Yeah. So the emotional maturity that I had in these songs was all over the place and I could never make a happy song. And now I'm at this point being in Sydney where they're completely gone, they're completely worn off. I can articulate myself in, better, in a better way mm. and I show that emotion more through my music. So it's, I've just been sort of on training wheels up yeah. until now the whole time, yeah. um, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, it's like I said before, it's, it's my place to be vulnerable and to speak on topics that you wouldn't really catch me talking on anywhere else. Um, yeah. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like training wheels is such a is such a good way of describing that whole like trial and error mm. period of I'm starting out, yeah. I know I'm not gonna be perfect. Exactly. But I just wanna start creating and mm. putting things out there so people can I guess Start judging me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say give me kind feedback. But yeah, judgment is something that I think comes through. Mm. How do you deal with other people's judgment of your work? Okay, so this is probably this is probably the, the the best thing that I've been able to do with music as a whole. I will always go to people that do not listen to my kind of music and yeah. ask them for feedback. Yeah. Specifically because I know that if this music comes on the radio, you're not going to have an avid hip hop person that listens to every radio station waiting for a hip hop song to come up mm. or like I, I've delved in pop punk and some pop R&B stuff recently. So I'll grab a song that I'm really unsure about and I will message someone on my socials and just be like, what do you think of this? Mm. And the same response every single time is, this isn't my sort of music, but I really like listening to it. And that's anyone from the age of like 15 through to 60. Like Mm. my my nan was showing some music to some people going, this guy's actually got something. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm pretty sure it was my nan. It was one one of my older family members that was showing my music around. So, yeah, oh, one of my mates was playing it in his room and his mum's walked in and gone, this is actually quite good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely handled my fair share of criticism. And, and, and the thing is, it's, it's a combination of, well, what do you not like about the music? A lot of people go, well, I just don't think it's not catchy enough. It's really bland. There's no emphasis in your lyrics. I'm like, sweet, yeah, and what else? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're going to sit there and, uh, and, and not absorb that information, then you're missing the point. Like, mm. I'm sure anyone from, from Ed Sheeran to Cursor to Eminem, these sorts of people, they've had blocks along the way mm. of people that just go, stop right there. I think you can... And you do have to be a little bit stubborn at the same mm. time. You do have to be a little bit of... Um, protect the artistic vision like i'm gonna be my, my i'm gonna do my thing you can do your thing not everyone's gonna like my music but i think the empathy in me just sits there and goes you are saying this because 
you either properly don't like the music and you're just being bitter, or because you're there's a part of your brain that goes, this would be so much better with this aspect and something a little bit different. Mm. A big thing that I hear for a lot from people is put female vocals on your choruses. I still haven't done it, but like <laughs> I, I've heard it at least ten times. Um, but I'm, I'm taking all that feedback, and it's just a matter of finding someone in that region that I can really work with, and it's not as easy as you think. Um, but yeah, I mean. Taking on that criticism is part of the job, and if you can't receptively go, well, you know, it's it's good. Any anywhere from getting booed at a show or, or anything like that, then you're not you're not in the right industry. Mm. Like you, you're just not. I've I've had instances like performing, for example, where um, you know I'll have a guy on before me that's a little bit more popular. I jump on stage and everyone leaves. Mm. That's not going to stop me performing. Yeah. I'm not going to stop having the same energy. Mm. Like I need to be out there doing things. And there's so many stories of people that do that. There's a there's a fella um, who's just gotten a, a lot of traction from up in Newcastle. And I was asking about him with some of the people that were doing his shows and that sort of thing previously. And they're going, Look, when, when he got on stage, everyone would leave the room. Mm. And now he's one of the biggest artists in the country. Mm. It's like, you've got to keep going. Like, mm. fuck what they think, but also listen and, and, and look beyond just the negative you know yeah it's important that is important yeah yeah that slaps that really does <laughs> it does yeah, it's hard yeah. i feel like you can apply it to pretty much almost anything not just music as mm. well no 100 yeah. percent. you yeah. can apply it to any part of your life it's just a it's a matter of absorbing it not taking anything personally and just continuing yeah you know that's and and i think when, when you say don't take it personally, you automatically think negative. You can't take the positives personally either because mm. they're not a reflection of you. They're a reflection of the other person. Yeah. It's like, I really, really like that song. It's like, I really, really like that song because, you know, that was, it sounded like something that me and my boyfriend listened to. At this <laughs> you know, like, you can't, you need to You're absorb. Like, oh, that equates to my worth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's but so it, interesting. How do you separate it? How do you, yeah. It's... Trial and error, a lot of a lot of trial and error. Mm. I think um, I think after after I started touching base with people that had been in the industry for quite a while and had found different levels of success, and they were giving me the same parts of advice and that sort of thing. Once you start, if you're hearing a recurring set of feedback through a lot of different people, that's when you sit there and like female vocals is one thing. A lot of excuse me, a lot of people from smaller towns that don't have a lot of um, a lot of people to give them constructive criticism they hear the same bits of feedback oh lower the auto tune stop doing this stop doing that and they go no i'm gonna do me yeah 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 <laughs> and then you see them go nowhere they get bitter and they complain about it and it's just like dude it's it's a matter of taking on board what you can mm. and consciously you, you can do it physically you can write notes you can when I get messages from people and they go, yo, your music shit, it's like, my first response isn't, well, fuck you. It's, it's like, well, what's shit about it? Oh, it just sounds like shit. It's just like, well, you're not intelligent. Tell, All right, tell me more. Let's move on. <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't got a bit of that in a while. I haven't got that in a, in a while, to be honest. I'm waiting for it. Once I get to a certain like, level, mm. there's just going to be a bombardment of like... You reckon? Go neck yourself. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Because it does happen. Him. Yeah, it's It's a thing. <laughs> Because like, people just randomly go out of nowhere and they'll just throw negativity at you. Mm. And you've got to be like Neo in the Matrix, just, dodging, <laughs> dodging. you know, like catch a bullet. But like, <laughs> just sort of look at it quickly as it passes. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, 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 is, it is a thing. Like, pe there are people that will be out there being purely negative, mm. And there are people out there that will give you the criticism because they 
they have some level of respect for you and you need to be able to dial out the difference. Mm. You know, if someone's trashed at a, at a gig and they come up to you afterwards, you fucking shit, it's just like, you're not going to take his word seriously. Yeah. But if you have an artist that like either ha has an established fan base or, or, or has success in it, or you have some level of respect for it, and they go, look, that's, that's a really good track. However, I think this part of it, shit, you should change this around, put some more drums here. It's just like, sweet. You're not Thank gonna be you. like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. It's I a, love that. I love that. It's a big, it's a big thing of, and this applies to every aspect of my life. It's absorbing as many views as possible, not basing my perspective on one or two. Absorbing all of the views and then making a comative perspective. Mm. You know, it's a like I, I can think what I want. That doesn't mean I'm not going to take what they say into account, but I'm not going to base my my life around this opinion. You know, yeah. People get lost in it very quickly. Yeah. Well, it's very easy to get lost in this world sometimes. So I understand, I get it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, th that's so, uh, I feel like it's so immense. Do you have any, any you, you mentioned you're dropping some really cool projects coming up soon. Yeah, um, it's a lot of music. Like I've, I've been, so me and my engineer, um, Illegal 400, uh, Nathan Orlick, he lives uh, in Maryland. So he's the mate of mine that moved from, from Adelaide and He's seen me transition from being on the antidepressants, tell, telling people that it's good for me, I need to be on them, mm. to getting off them and having this emotional clarity that I do now. And with that emotional clarity between, I guess, the start of 2021 when I stopped using them and now, I've created all of this amazing music. Mm. And I've only been dropping like, I've been testing things, you know what I mean? I've been testing the algorithms online, I've been testing like, what does that sound like? I dropped a, a a, a very pop sort of electronica song called Without Me uh, a few months ago and that kicked off mm. and I had some when I was performing it at shows I had some of the some of the people that I'd been idolising for a minute which I don't do as much anymore but at that point I did um, and they were coming up to me going like where did that come from you've been doing rap rap hip hop for so long and you started singing like why why are you doing that yeah. Um, so yeah I've, I've got enough music now stockpiled to be able to consistently release for all of 2023. And I've made the rule basically anything that's finished at the end of this year is being released by the end of next year. Oh, so there's yeah. anything between like 20 to 30 songs sitting there that I'm just gonna like, if I'm not gonna do it now, when am I gonna do it, you know? Mm. I can be a perfectionist and I can sit down and I can change things or I can just, Let it be. so yeah, a lot of music, a lot of music videos. Um, I don't know about shows. I, I, I'm a really busy dude. Mm. If someone puts a show in front of me, I'm gonna perform for sure, but um, to organise my own stuff's a bit of a bit of a commitment, um, but yeah, and then just just put it all out there and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. yeah don't know. That's awesome. It should be cool. That's awesome. How important do you think having a community is in putting your music out there? <sighs> having a fan base and having a community are two different things mm. as well. So I see a lot of people that have a lot of numbers but they don't really have people that will take their music and play it to other people. Mm. I, there is a very clear difference. Having a community around your music is really, it's, 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 it's vital, it's really important. Um, and I think it's interesting that I spent like 14 years and about three or four of those years sharing my music in Darwin to have like a fraction of a percent of the amount of community that I have been in Sydney for six months. Mm. You know, like the community of music that we have here and where it's linked to, like to Melbourne, the East Coast, down to Tassie, 
up to Brisbane is phenomenal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still at a point where I'm performing at shows where people don't know me and, and they don't have that community feel with me just mm. now. But then I watch other performers, um, One Outs, um, Corey's a fucking phenomenal performer that I've been speaking to and we're going to do some work next year as another hip-hop artist. And um, the energy that he attracts to the stage when he performs is unlike anything that it's not unlike anything, but it's very uncommon for people to have that sort of that sort of energy. Mm. Um, yeah, the community is definitely it's it's really really important, and to build one person at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have that conversation with them. Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm I'm, I'm digging your music. It's like, hey, yeah, thanks, man. Like, I'm, there's never going to be a point where I'm going to neglect that community. You mm. know, if I have ten thousand people that message me a day, then well, I guess I'm spending a day messaging ten thousand people. I. I <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I I I end up organising a bot that just messages them the right thing at the right time. <laughs> I'll get a text message and be like, "Yeah, sweet. Yep, sweet. Yeah. It'll end up getting out of control. Yeah. But you know, having that relationship with the people that you are listening to your music is really important. And they're mm. the people that will have your back. They're the people that will buy the tickets, buy the merch. They will share the music. They will give you ideas. They'll give you feedback. Like that's what you need. Mm. If you just have a bunch of people that just listen to your song, put it down, don't listen to it again, then. That's it, that's where the interaction exactly, ends. Exactly, yeah. Ah, oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I like that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I don't really have avenues to like get my shit out, so you're hearing all of it. No, I love it. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I'm just no, vibing. That's all right. It's such a nice, it's honestly such a nice day. The trees are blowing, the wind is, is fucking gusting. Mm. But this is a great conversation, so yeah. I'm, I'm, there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now. No, it's good. It's yeah. a good balcony. Yeah, it is. Oh, do you have any last things that you want to share? Um, I think... I think people need to learn, and this is just advice, I guess, there is a very fine line between being constructive critique of yourself and being critical of yourself mm. a lot of people that I see especially in the creative parts of um, entrepreneurship and being artists and and getting them st getting them started and getting their stuff out there they work themselves until they burn out mm. and then it takes three times as long to recover again mm. spend time with your family like take days off turn your phone off you know like fuck all the social media and that sort of stuff just put it down move away from it Remember where you are and then remember where you've been. Mm. It's such a hard thing to do. I, me and my housemates have been having conversations about this pretty pretty commonly lately. But the older that you get, the faster time goes. Mm. Remember when you were like 12, 13? You're like, this, this class is taking forever. It's like a 40 minute yeah. <laughs> Chinese class in year seven going, oh crap, you know, this is <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, this English, this English course is just, no. Four hours Exactly. Yeah. And, and then you get to like 2.30, 3 o'clock when you finish school and it's like, oh, yes, sweet, I can go home, go to sleep, mm. you know. And now people are just... You blink and it's 5 o'clock. Yeah. It was the start of 22, 2, 5 seconds. I only just moved down here. It was, it was just here. It was 5 seconds ago. I was in Punchbowl and now I'm in Newtown. It's just appeared. Yeah. Um, recognize the symptoms of that burnout early, mm. you know. If you feel, if you're getting six hours sleep a night for weeks at a time, eventually your body's gonna catch up to you, you're gonna accumulate sleep debt. Mm. Prioritize sleep, especially in your mid-20s, early 30s. Sleep is your best friend. <laughs> yeah. You will not perform anywhere near where you are unless you have the sleep. Yeah. And just be 
everyone needs to be kind to themselves. Mm. I get the same critique every time that I, I have these conversations with people. They go, you're way too hard on yourself, you know? You're doing all this stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, another bit of critique that I get from people in Darwin is, you seem so much happier in Sydney. And I've quoted this phrase, and I'll probably get it tattooed or do something with it. <laughs> it's like, it's not that I'm happy. It's like I'm too busy to be sad. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as an adult, that's where you need to get to. You need mm. to get to like this productivity, but also being kind and being really mm. nice to yourself. It's interesting that you do say that because I, I feel like, personally, I feel like there's a there's a certain level of which you can be busy. Yeah. But you can also entertain like a contentedness exactly. with your busyness. Yeah. So it's interesting that you do say that because ideally we'd all want to reach a place where we're living yeah. and working in our purpose and yeah. therefore it doesn't feel like you're slaving for someone yeah. else's initiative. It's not work, it's fun working. It's not, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and there's no, there's no counterweight with that. If you, if your work puts out like muffins on the bench one evening, it doesn't make up for the fact <laughs> you just party. slaved away for like, <laughs> or, or, they, or they do an are you okay day and they go, oh yes, well, you know, counselling will be available, not now, four weeks from now, <laughs> and you'll have to, like, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I know people that work in youth services, disability services, um, making actual changes to the community. They're getting paid 50 grand a year. Mm. They're getting paid plenty less than someone working for, you know, a, a greedy conglomerate, but they're content and mm. that's all that matters. And sometimes I, sometimes I envy people that don't have a passion because you go through these moments of like, my life is alive, just spent all this time doing nothing. When's the ROI? When, when am I getting some money back for this? When am I like actually seeing results? Mm. But in reality, the people that have been watching you from the beginning go, well, you did start with like 10 followers in SoundCloud. Mm. Now you got 500 or now you got a thousand. It's just, yeah. Patience. 100%. Yeah. And I think, um, especially in this day and age, especially with such a separation, with everyone working from home, and you're not, everyone's still really, really afraid of each other. You mm. cough out and about, and everyone's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you sneeze, or you, you sort of sniffle a little bit, and it's just, oh, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, uh, we've got to bring it back to being human and yeah. being kind to each other and being empathetic. Yeah. And asking questions, not making assumptions, you know, it's, mm. it's such a beautiful time. Mm. And I think um, there's going to be a lot of really amazing people that are going to be born into this generation. Mm. There's going to be a lot of shitheads that are going to be born into this generation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love that. That's, final a, word that's up a fantastic yeah. way to end it. I think Jim, Jim Jeffries quoted it perfectly. It's just like, the commandment should just be one sentence. Try not to be a cunt. <laughs> yeah. It's the one line, you just live by it, and then you're done. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, that feels pretty complete to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been nice. Really nice. Thank you for having me on. No, you're so welcome. Yeah. I cannot wait to see where your music goes. I know there'll be... I already, just hearing you speak, I already have so many ideas and things that have like just popped up. So yeah. I feel like it won't be the last time we coalesce universes. It'll be interesting, I feel like, to check in even at the end of 2023 after you've released all your music. It's, so. it's going to be a big change. Yeah. Like I've already, and like I'm conscious enough to know that fine line between cockiness and confidence saying this, <laughs> I, I will take this into account. Yeah. I know where my talent will take me. I just have to be ready to take to do it, you know? As an artist, you, you hesitate making decisions. You hesitate doing releases, you hesitate it. I'm just at this point now, it's like, 
I'm going to get on my distribution service. I'm going to lock in six months worth of releases. Whatever the dates are, whenever it happens, whenever videos are done during this period of time, just do it and that's all that matters. You know? yeah. um, Make the plan and get it done. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you also have to take into account, at least from a musical point of view, music creative point of view, that's the attitude that everyone with success has. You know, I'm going to sketch out my next six months or my next year. Like, make a five-year plan, not a two-minute plan. You know, I'm going to eat my noodles, I'm going to sit down, and, and that's going to be my day. I'm not like, you know, I've, I've spent a really long time battling adversity, battling depression, anxiety, battling addiction, battling... And I'm at this point now where it's all gone. And I, I'm at this point where I wake up in the morning and it's quiet. My head's not talking, it's just... All right, we're gonna conquer shit, you know. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, so yeah, let's 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 lock something in. What's the date? We'll um. Literally, I'll set a thing You're on my thing. You're doing it. You're doing it. I it's, appreciate um, it. On the potty. 17th of December, 2022. I'll like I'll, I'll screen when when we finish this. I'll screenshot all of my statistics and everything, mm. and then we can go over it. Yeah. And we'll see what the difference is. A year in review. Yeah, a year in review. <laughs> sure. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. It's been an absolute privilege and for inviting me into your home as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be cool. A really good year. I yeah. Feel. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Guide Nurse Podcast. Stay cool. <laughs> Breathe. Make plans. Stay present. Stay present. Yeah. Amazing. That's us. We're done. Hello. Beautiful. Do do. You just hold the button for three seconds and it'll turn off. This one? Yeah. A little O.